Hello and welcome to the Elamasonary Moment. My name is Aaron Spears. And I'm Brad Hathcock. Um, it's been a minute since we recorded last. Um, how are you doing? A couple weeks. I'm good, man. Uh, I just got home from Cleveland. Um, I went to Cleveland over the weekend. It was pretty nice. People sleeping on Cleveland, for sure. Um, a lot of people talk shit about that city, but it's actually a pretty nice, small city. So it's it, it can be interesting. For somebody who's never been to Ohio and has been in California my whole life, I've never understood like the random hate for that state. Like, I mean, I get it's probably kind of like, you know, it's kind of like an older state, but I don't know. Well, I mean, so is Pennsylvania. So, I mean, it's, it's flat. It, there's not a lot exciting in it, but like I said, I think people sleep on Cleveland quite a bit. Um, it's got like some kind of like really cool downtown scenes and, and things like that. It, it's not a bad city at all. Went to a candy warehouse. That was <laughs> pretty wild. I, uh, I, I, you know what? Your childlike joy going to a candy warehouse is what like it fueled my day. I thought it was adorable. I love that kind of stuff, man. They had candy cigarettes, which you can't really find anywhere here in Pennsylvania. Um, they had like those bubblegum cigars, you know, that people give out if they're having like boy or girl or non-binary, whatever you're having. I don't know what you give in that regard now. Um, they had like the chocolate coins that you used to get and everything. I mean, they had it all. They had bulk Pez dispenser like you could buy like if you just like the strawberry one you could just buy bulk strawberry pez that's so disgusting it like in a bag it's not even like it wrapped it's like in a bag you can just buy them so you don't even have to i guess you could just load up your pez with all different kinds of Do people even still use pez i don't know i have them i've collected them from my childhood because they're kind of like neat but I don't know. You would have loved it there. <laughs> they had like a million of them, dude. I mean, you 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 went to like Willy Wonka's little factory there, so I don't know. It, Minus the Oompa Loompas. Uh, well, give it time. Um, so yeah, Cleveland seems cool. I don't know. I like football, so you know, I I always enjoy watching um. December NFL games where like the weather's completely miserable in Cincinnati and Cleveland and, and Pittsburgh. And, you know, you watch those teams play. It's kind of, it's kind of a cool staple of that, of that time of the year. Yeah. This other store we went to had a wine dispenser where you could plug in a card and it had, I mean, they had probably like five or six different ones and each one of them had probably like, I don't know. 10 bottles of wine, something like that in it. And you could get like a taste, a three ounce pour or a five ounce pour. And the cost changed based off of how much you got and the retail price of the bottle. And it would tell you what kind of wine it was, what the retail price was. And then you had a button for each taste that you wanted. And it was pretty cool. That's like really neat. That's like modern tech also like, yeah, because then you can try out a wine before you buy it. You know, you're not going to spend thirty, forty, fifty, sixty dollars on a bottle of wine without tasting it first. And you also don't need that person to pour the glass for you and tell you about it. And 
It's like it kind no, of replaces it, that. Right. And it goes up. You like you go up with, with the cup, you hit it and it pours it in. And then it reseals the bottle basically to keep it fresh and, and shit. So it's, it's actually pretty neat tech for wine. Well, that's pretty awesome. Um, so <clears throat> I don't know what you want to talk about, but a lot has happened in the world since the last time we talked. Um, yeah. Like, SBF got arrested. Uh, there was the whole Woo. Twitter shit. Um, Kanye West lost his mind, which was kind of crazy to watch. It's it's crazy to watch somebody like that, like completely light themselves on fire in the public domain. It's kind of great, isn't it? Um, man, he said some wild shit. I was, I was like kind of taken aback by his um his interview on uh, Infowars, where he was like, he said like I love. He did the line the the joke. It's like you know Hitler had a point. And it's like, what? Oh, let me stop you there. But yeah. when you make Alex Jones uncomfortable on his own show, that's pretty incredible. I think it's telling when you say something like that. And I mean, sure, there's probably some context missing to it, but at the end of the day, you kind of were like, well, he he did some good things, you know, like it's kind of <laughs> weird. And his <laughs> his whole thing about the microphone is great. He's like the, the Nazis invented the microphone. It's like well, that's not true, but. Like, are you okay? But even if they did, so what? Yeah, I'm like, like, also, you're in the music industry. Like, the what's your, like, tool? Your tool is your microphone. How do you not know this? But, um... Well, I mean, he is a crazy person. Well, you have to, you have like, to love, you have to love the irony that, um, that, he, that he's a failed art student, just like Hitler was, too. Like, I love that as well. I think he just very much has mental issues and does not want to be on any kind of uh, like bipolar medication or, or anything like that. Um, I mean, he's like really kind of devolving now. Uh, and we saw it a little bit when he was super MAGA, whatever. And not that all of those people are crazy and like Hitler, I guess, but uh, we've kind of just seen him fall from grace a little bit. I mean, he's pretty much lost his entire net worth. Um, I mean, give or take a few million dollars. Don't get me wrong. He's still rich compared to most other people, but uh, he was a billionaire and he's lost so much money at some point. Like you just have to stop, right? Well, you know, in 2005, he went on SNL and, uh, did that whole like George Bush doesn't care about black people's speech. And at the time, Oh yeah, I remember that. That was great. That was his first foray into like kind of crazy, but because it was, remember how uncomfortable that made Mike Myers. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Cause yeah, he didn't know how to react, but then, you know, looking back on that, a lot of those people were like, yeah, George, get him. You know, like they were supporting him. Like get George Bush, George Bush, the bad guy. And like those same people now are like, well, we now we have to stop. It's like now he's been crazy for a long time. So I, I didn't even want to say crazy. I, I don't know. I'm it's just dude. There's clearly something wrong with him, and I think that he just says shit that maybe he doesn't really believe, but because he said it, he has to back it up. But he has always been kind of. Um, like truculent and stuff like that towards people like admonishing him for whatever reason. 
And now it's really kind of come back to, to bite him in the ass. You know, he's, he's always said, I'm this prodigy, I'm this, you know, excellent, um, you know, musician and like, I'm an artist and I, I do all this great stuff. And now he's just kind of like riding that where he's like, whatever I say is truth because I'm this like amazing artist. And that's just not really how shit works. No, not at all. And, um, Oh, I just remember he also, uh, he also like admonished Taylor Swift on that stage during that one award show, which was kind of crazy too. Um, that shit was kind of funny. It, a little bit. I, I mean, Taylor Swift fans are are kind of like obnoxious, so um, I like to see them squirm. Um, so uh, I don't, I don't want to go too far back. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Sam. Bankman freed and he got arrested yesterday. So we're, that's about as current as we could possibly get. Do you have thoughts on him? Well, he's being indicted for uh, a lot of shit. A um, lot. I think there was like eight different. Uh, it, was, it was like four crimes across eight charges and it's like wire fraud. And I don't know what wire fraud actually is. I'd have to like read about it, but committing it sounds like it's kind of a, uh, I don't know. Anyway, go on. Well, supposedly the feds are investigating all of the money that he gave to both Democrats and Republicans. I believe we talked about last time we we spoke of Sam Bankman-Fried. We said that he made all these donations to Democrats. Well, now it's coming out that he made similar uh, donations to Republicans as well. Or so he says. Yeah, that's, you know, we'll find out, I guess. But you know, they need to scrutinize all of that money and, and stuff like that. And um, honestly, if what if he gets convicted, those donations should have to be returned by the Democratic Party, in my opinion, to help give people their money back from FTX. Completely agree with you on that point. Also, but they're was... not going to. So FTX had all the and i remember this but like during the super bowl they had a ton of ads and they had a lot Mm -hmm. of celebrities in them and a lot of athletes like steph curry and tom brady and um you know i remember watching those thinking like this is very reminiscent of the pets.com ads during the super bowl in i think like 99 or 2000 before the dot-com boom and um we all know how that went so it was kind of interesting to watch that happen again Um, but those celebrity endorsements may also open those people matt damon up to like some sort of liability and i think that would be also like i think all those all those people that are associated with that company are probably now lowering up well so they've already set a precedent for that um kim kardashian actually got sued um and fined by the sec now it was like a paltry million dollars or something ridiculous which she's a billionaire, so she doesn't really care about a million bucks. Um, so you got to hit him in the wallet where it hurts, I guess, um, ironically, because that's what FTX did to everybody. Um, but I really think that they might have a shot at this and they might start going after some of these people who were pushing it because we're seeing crypto is kind of in free fall now, sort of the prices are kind of remaining stable for crypto. Um, it 
it's not as volatile, but you're seeing all of these people just lose their funds because of these these companies going under. And then other companies talk about coming in and buying them up, but that's not going well. And I think everyone's just kind of in a holding pattern to see if things stabilize. Um, It's... It's been an interesting few months just to watch so many different companies collapse. Yeah, I thought it was also interesting. I mean, from a, like an outsider's perspective, because I'm very minimally like involved in crypto financially, so it doesn't really affect me. But um, the the kind of terror of like these people who kind of get duped into thinking like they're going to get a quick buck, and then these companies uh, uh, freeze their assets and they're like uh nobody can pull anything out right now we're just gonna like not let that out. and because you know they're trying to prevent everything from collapsing and um not being able to get your money out is also sort of terrifying because i um i'm not saying like you're like this you like did your homework but i think a lot of people and i talked to a lot of people who um i know don't listen to this podcast who said you know should i invest in crypto and i was like well no um, and the re- and, and I know why they wanted to, because they, they thought they were going to make a little bit of money. But the people that gamble their money like this are the ones who are um, they they're the ones who can't afford to have the assets frozen like they are right now. So, yeah, I mean, it's not good for people, definitely. Um, but I think that this is very reminiscent of, you know, the the whole like tech era and we've seen consolidation of companies before Silicon Valley, you know, everybody kind of starts buying up other companies and and things like that. I mean, this is the dot com bubble of our era. We're seeing, yeah, I guess we had the dot com bubble in our era too, but well, I mean, we weren't really like, I mean, that was like early web stuff. Right. But you know, like if you invested in Google back in, you know, back in the day before it really hit, then you became like a billionaire and all this other stuff. And, you know, we started to see institutional investment into crypto, obviously. Um, you know, the Dallas Mavericks were taking payments via crypto. Uh, what's his face? Uh Mark Cuban actually was a silent partner in Voyager, which collapsed and was supposed to be bought by FTX. And then with the FTX collapse, um, you know, obviously that's not going to happen. So more people are actually affected by this FTX thing than just people who had money on FTX. You know, with them not buying Voyager, now people are going to struggle to get their money back from Voyager, which everyone was looking Yes. And everyone was looking at like a 75 to 82% return of their, of all of their crypto or at least cash alternative. Um, But now who knows what that looks like that FTX had that deal on the table and basically Voyager took it because they said, this is the best deal, but that was a fake deal. It was just an attempt to acquire more people's money so they could keep the grift going. And unfortunately, that's what happened with FTX. That's what's happening with these other companies, sure. But, you know, crypto's not going anywhere. We already have one, maybe two public companies in crypto and in Coinbase. I know it was one. Um, It's just the the industry's not going to go away. It's not. 
You're right. Like, it's already been around for a decade, and I people are just it. now starting to notice it. You and I, you and I have gone back and forth on this, and um, I acknowledge that it's not going anywhere. I do think that this is like crypto 1.0, and that it was destined to fail. And then crypto 2.0 will be the thing that is worth actually investing in, probably because it'll have um, regulations, which, you know, FTX right. was trying and to uh, uh, get in, you know, in bed with politicians to pass because they're the. And they now the that is going to happen. Absolutely. Um, it was kind of up in the air before, you know, XRP fought against the SEC trying to call them a commodity or something like that. And the SEC is going to have to settle in in that regard. Uh, XRP actually has done very well against the government in this. Um, but this is bigger than that. This is definitely a lot more, a lot different. You know, uh, Elizabeth Warren, she is the financial, you know, nut job when it comes to calling out companies. And she's been calling out FTX and obviously Wells Fargo and like other hmm. companies. But, um, you know, the one thing that really is going to be scrutinized here is that FTX bought stock in like the 26th smallest bank in the entire country Uh-oh. and and then transferred billions of dollars to them. Um, and that's that's the money laundering aspect right there you know that was one of the indictments that they're getting sam bankman freed on to kind of bring it back to that is money laundering so that's going to be a problem but how in the fuck did anybody let ftx even make that purchase an investment into a bank like that that they could take control over that's a huge problem that nobody even realized was was going to be an issue, and they need to look at that. Who let that go through? You want to hear my theory why, on like, that? Why wasn't that scrutinized at the highest level? I, I I have a theory for this, which is that um I think there's a certain uh political apparatus in Washington D.C. that thinks that the tech community. Uh, knows what they're doing all the time, and they just assume the best. So the reason why nobody scrutinized it was because they just thought that this kid who's on the cover of, you know, whatever magazine, he's been on a couple, that he knew what he was doing, and he was doing the right thing. And so they just it just never rose to the, you know, as a priority. And then, um, you know, these same people are the ones who would basically, like, put ExxonMobil under a microscope for – uh, you know, something they, something they do in like Venezuela and on an oil field. So like the, the priorities aren't, aren't there. There's like incentives to, you know, just assume the best about Elizabeth Holmes and her blood machine. And, um, you know, this guy, and I think they just, I think that's how it got by. I, I think it will continue to happen that way. I think you're right. I mean, look at how many people Elizabeth Holmes defrauded, uh, Rite Aid, CVS, etc. I mean, out of billions of dollars, like, and they were saying she's the female Steve Jobs. Exactly. They like they, all this other shit. And, it was only upside for them, right? They know they don't. Yeah. They never asked questions. They were just assuming that she do what she was doing, and she was completely full of shit. So was this guy, and they just, you know, you know, uh, Maxie Waters is, you know, on the House Finance Committee, and she's like blowing kisses to him, and it's like. It's all very embarrassing, but I think they just 
they just never, they just don't care. I don't know. Well, so there was a hearing, what, yesterday, I think. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, he was arrested in the Bahamas, but he was supposed to appear at that hearing um, telephonically or virtually yeah. whatever. And obviously now he can't do that. Well, Maxine Waters tried to end the hearing without letting everybody ask the witnesses questions and she got called out for it. And it's, it's a problem. I mean, I've seen videos floating around of uh, like these finance committees laughing at how these banks get away with like all this other stuff and how basically money changes hands for lobbying purposes and like all this other shit and they're just laughing about it like they're not they're not doing anything about it and that is one of the things that i will give elizabeth warren is she is up wells fargo's ass about creating all of these like fake accounts and stuff like that at wells fargo just to get their numbers up and and stuff i mean it's wild absolutely wild but Look what happened. Wells Fargo's still around. They're still a huge, gigantic bank. Um, I mean, FTX is done. They're billions in the hole. They're not going to do anything. All that property's likely going to get seized. Um, you know, we'll see. And then we're seeing like what happens when liberal parents raise <laughs> like oh man, a, a liberal kid because in like they were going oh he's not guilty like you know praising him and like all this other shit it's like your kid's a criminal i i well okay you want to you know you focus on the parents i I do want to mention that his mom was apparently involved in some sort of um financial algorithm something at a university that was um i think she eventually got fired for it i'm not looking at this up in real time i'm only I'm only relaying it to you as a story, but that I think I heard um, somewhere else on another podcast, but um, these two were like kind of grifty. And then they were in that um, intelligentsia of the liberal like community they were in. So they had like these dinner parties and you could see how he kind of grew up around this thinking like, I'll do the right thing with the money. And uh, I was it uh, uh, altruism. Um, There's a term for it. And um, you could kind of see his development into, you know, this like sinister person who was trying to do the right thing. And um, I thought that was kind of an interesting, you know, like you said, his parents yesterday during this whole thing, like she mama was like laughing at the charges he was being uh, given. And uh, they were both just very odd. It was it was bizarre. That's what I mean. Like the whole thing is pretty bizarre, but we'll see. You know, I hope that they fucking throw the book at this kid, but I unfortunately know uh, that that's not likely going to be the case. Because he'll die in jail. (laughs) I mean, if he makes it to jail, to be honest, I I don't know. I like I said, I saw a tweet the other day that said Sam Bankman Free didn't kill himself. Yeah, I mean the the joke is the joke, right? But like his girlfriend's flipping on him right now. Actually, like as we speak, she's basically like giving the game up. And she knows everything, so. Um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely fucked. Um, yeah, but as he should there be. were all the people who, you know, had issues. Like, even if they try to make him pay restitution, they can't. He, it's he doesn't done. have any of that money. It's It's gone. Like, everybody needs to just be aware that their money is gone. And if, 
yeah, if it you, happens. If you want to make a quick buck in life and you think crypto was the way to do it, don't stop. Just stop. The things you see all the time, people are like, oh, I'm I'm a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. And But then you see these articles where it's like, oh, this crypto millionaire, but now is broke. And it's like, well, thing is, crypto only makes you rich if you sell it for cash. Yeah. If you leave it as crypto, it's almost useless to you. So um, you can make money. I, I made a little bit of money, not like life-changing money or anything like that um in crypto and i've i've lost some money um i think that you can definitely make money you have to be early you have to understand what you're getting into but you have to get out just as early that's like, the part you, that people yeah. don't people and think that you know do a, a big part of the culture has been this like hold on for dear life you know you just keep holding on to it until it goes up and up and up and up and up but that's not really the way to make money um you know, it's day trading that shit almost, you know, you got to hope that you get in something that's like one trillionth of a penny, you know, you spend 500 bucks on it and then it hits a dollar and you just have so much money that like, you don't even know what to do with it, you know, but then you have to cash out. And that's part of the problem is that these crypto companies don't really have enough money liquid to actually pay you if you get like mega rich because if if a hundred people do that i mean they're out of money this is why they freeze it and that's why vegas exists because they vegas will always take your money in the end so there was a glitch that happened at like once that and people caught it where for like a split second somebody was like a trillionaire or something because of the money that they had on the exchange but they they went in and fixed it like immediately. Um, but still, you know, shit happens. It's tech. Like I work in tech. Shit happens all the time. <clears throat> all right. New well, code breaks old code. It's it's just it's brutal. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I I do want to transition to a similar topic or similar space, but um, kind of get your thoughts on it. Um, since the last time we talked, Elon Musk has bought Twitter. Uh, kind of like, I don't know, he cleaned house, he fired everybody. Um, it, people were saying like, this is our final goodbye on Twitter. And then it didn't go away because it wouldn't go away. Um, anyway, he has, uh, given the Twitter files that they're calling them to, uh, Matt Taibbi, Barry Weiss and Michael Schellenberger. And um, they've been reporting on it with the caveat that they have to actually release the reporting on Twitter first instead of their Substacks. They all have Substacks, and um, these are all like independent journalists who left um, the institutions of journalism because they were pushed out. Um, and they've been revealing some pretty interesting things about, you know, how the former president was banned from Twitter and how the FBI and DOJ and the politicians in, in Washington um, sort of like asked people at Twitter to like shadow ban this person or, you know, um, what they call um, D what is it? De-amplification, I think. And, you know, this was always considered a conspiracy theory and they said, Oh, we don't shadow ban people. And then it, when they, when you look at this, these documents, now you realize there was like actually a button on the profile that would just say like, 
bloop, you're deamplified. So um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I've been seeing way more like progressive shit and like tweets that I hate <laughs> on my timeline since Elon took over. I'll say that. Um, when, okay, so there's a setting on your Twitter, by the way. If you click the little stars at the top right, you can change the feed so it's um, so it's not algorithmic. It's based on timeline, and then you can get it all in order, and then you probably won't see the shit you're saying right now. But I agree with you that, yeah, a lot of the algorithm has changed, and you could tell. Yeah, it's it's definitely a lot different than than what I've seen as far as the the deamplification goes. Everybody knew that was happening. I mean, come on, it's it's been happening for years and people have called it out and the left was like this isn't happening. This isn't happening. But it definitely was. It definitely did. And now I'm seeing on Twitter basically everyone is talking like making a nothing burger out of the whole Hunter Biden laptop. And like, that's, you know, they're trying to basically just take the, take the sting away from, from that because they knew that it, that, that story got suppressed. Um, dude, they made it so that you couldn't even share this, like a link to that story in like DMS or whatever on Twitter and shit like that. I mean, they really, really, we're fucking with people's accounts. Yeah. And, um, man, it was interesting to read. Um, you, you'd have to be like really into this topic to read through all of it because it's a lot. And also, um, it's internal messaging within the company. So, um, just as an outsider, I thought it was interesting to see how they would negotiate the policy with different teams where they're like, they have like this Orwellian like trust and safety council. And then that, that group was, had like a little more power than the other group. And so one group was like, well, this doesn't violate policy. And then they were like, well, does it though? And then they had like these weird debates about, and this is all about Hunter Biden, um, <clears throat> the Hunter Biden laptop story from the New York post. And, you know, you're, you're, you're getting, you're banning the account of the oldest newspaper in America. Um, you know, and so they're kind of like, well, we can't, we have to block, you know, Kaylee McEnany got, I think, her account suspended because she shared the story or maybe a screenshot of the story, which is also kind of absurd. Um, but that was interesting to read through. Um, but what do you think about the Trump stuff? I don't, I, I didn't even want to say his name. It kind of like, ugh. but um, how, how do you feel about the president being kicked off of Twitter? I mean, I'm pretty much a free speech absolutist, so I think him being kicked off of Twitter was was stupid. Um, but at the same time, like with what Elon's doing, I, I don't think that you can be charging people for verification and things like that. Um, I guess that kind of goes against free speech. But at the same time, it's a private platform, and ultimately it can do what it wants. It can ban who it wants. I agree. Um, so... I mean, if they want to ban him, fine. Um, but what they should not be doing, even though they can, is suppressing stories. Um, but if Congress really feels like Twitter and things like that make a difference when it comes to elections and, and things like that, then, you know, it's incumbent upon Twitter, Twitter to actually tell the truth and, and present the truth. Uh, regardless of of how that goes, I mean, 
so many people were pissed off at Comey for like reopening that uh, Hillary Clinton investigation. And they were like, well, that affected the outcome of the election and like all this other stuff. Then Maybe. They know. need to allow everything to to happen. People need to get as much information as they can to make an informed decision. That's not happening if you get most of your information via Twitter, uh, which I don't. But uh, you know, a lot of people do. So it's it's just interesting because now everybody's just now they're talking about the Hunter Biden laptop because they have to. They don't have a choice. It's out there. And they're just trying to get out ahead of it and be like, it's nothing, it's nothing, but I guess we'll find out. I mean, the that stupid defiant dad or whatever. Oh, like, he's the worst. <clears throat> yeah, he's the absolute worst. But he's like, you know what Hunter Biden's laptop doesn't have? Plans for reducing inflation and like all this other shit. And it's like, dude, you know you're wrong about this. You, you can so watch he's them. He's going to double down. Yeah, you can watch them craft their narrative in real time because you'll see them float like, "Oh, this is um, this is a vile, this is uh, you know, you're releasing dick pics of Hunter Biden. That's just you know, that's all this is. That's all it's about. Um, and that's one way they obfuscate it, or they have like the you know, like that guy's excuse, and you know, they're just they're like trial ballooning a lot of stuff to see how they can undermine what it actually is, which is like um, a crackhead son." of the vice president was flying on air force two overseas. Like that's the actual story. You know, that's what we want to know about. And, and, you know, they're just trying to get, get around it. I don't think they will succeed in that though. Well, Hunter Biden's already lowering up to uh, sue for defamation to Fox news. I think Twitter's one of them. He's, he's going to be suing them all for defamation, but he's going to be championed on the left for that. But where were those people on the left when, uh, that that fucking kid um, got like completely destroyed by CNN. Uh, Nick Sandman, Nicholas yeah. Sandman, I think was his name, for like smiling on on camera in a Native American's face or something like that. It was like so stupid, and he's suing CNN out the ass. And he won that. They settled. Them. Oh, they did settle. Okay. Oh, he he made he made bank off of those those lawsuits because. Yeah, that that's actual defamation. Um, if you're a public figure, I don't know that the defamation laws are quite the same. I, I don't know much about it, but well, now um, Kyle Rittenhouse, he's you know he's in these long drawn out suits as well for defamation because CNN was like calling him a murderer and like all this other shit. Even after he uh, got got completely like let go so and all the charges dropped like they were still saying he's a murderer that's that is defamation yeah 100 yeah. percent. that's defamation <clears throat> yeah i don't you don't have to agree with the outcome of that case uh you may not like him but that is defamation um also worth noting that twitter uh, was a publicly traded company at the time that it said that it wasn't doing a lot of these things so um that is actually uh uh, it is their duty to be honest with shareholders about the policies that they had. So the, the, that they were lying is also noteworthy um, because now it's a private company and and it can, I suppose Elon Musk could lie. I don't, I don't see why he would, but um, that it's just also worth noting that as well. Well, now the left is laughing because uh, Dave Chappelle brought Elon Musk on the stage and everybody was booing him and he was like, I'm rich, biatch. And it just was like a whole 
thing, but people are going to try and jack that up and they already are. And people are making memes and they're like, Oh, this is what we needed. You know, uh, I remember when Dave Chappelle was funny, they're trying to cancel both of these guys and it's never going to happen. I, I mean, Elon Musk is his own worst enemy. So, I mean, if all he has to do is not, is not do what he does and everything would be fine. But because he's, he's out there trolling constantly, he's affecting all of his other properties like Tesla and SpaceX. Um, right. But now the federal government's going to start looking into all of his business dealings because of the way he's handling Twitter. They don't like the fact that he is releasing information and showed that the government had backdoor channels into Twitter to suppress information that they were working directly with Twitter to suppress information and 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 suppress people's accounts. That's I, why. I mean, that's why the New York Times is so upset because those people that work there had contacts at Twitter. They could go, hey, I don't like this account. Let's do something about it. Like that. I mean, that's that's why everybody's pissed because they lost their their toy. Right. And but that's that's a huge, huge fucking problem. If the government is backdooring a, a company like that and, and saying that, I mean, it's not the first time they've done that. They've tried to get a backdoor into Apple. Uh, so that they could get into a terrorist's iPhone and Apple's like, no, because if we give you a backdoor to this one, you'll have a backdoor to every Apple iPhone and we aren't doing that to the American people. That is what fucking Twitter should have done and be like, no, we're not going to suppress the story. We're not going to suppress people talking about it. But they were clearly in cahoots and not just about Hunter Biden's laptop, about COVID, everything. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't even think about COVID. That that shit is the most infuriating of all because they did it under the guise of public health and they were suspending accounts of of doctors who were saying that things like uh like closing down schools was going to have a long-term negative impact on children and um that shit pisses me off more than anything else, but you know, it's it's not mutually exclusive when you do an investigation into one or the other. So the government can all investigate Twitter and Elon Musk's businesses, but at the same time, he could also come back and say, well, here's all this evidence I have of government collusion and, and also, you know, suppression. So, um, right. But no one's going to do anything about that. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know. It remains to be seen how, how the public will react to all of this. I don't think the public actually cares. By the way, I want to mention that Twitter's like, I don't know, 5% of the population of the united states uses it like it's not all it is is like a niche 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 thing that certain people like but i just i don't know the story's interesting i um i, I want to tie this into one other development that came to light this past week which was um uh the fusion story that we've we've achieved um scientists have somehow achieved the the fusion where energy put into it it outputted more energy than it took to create it and that's like the i'm i'm not doing a great job of explaining this but it the reason why it has a, an angle with elon musk is because spacex um and their rockets could be used to mine helium-3 from the moon's surface because helium-3 i don't believe can exist on um in earth's atmosphere but it is in the soil on the on the uh, moon's surface and that's the component you need to get fusion 
because it doesn't have the byproducts of other materials. It's not um, radioactive and things like that. Um, do you have any thoughts on the fusion story? I don't think I explained yes. it very good, but I'm doing my best. So this is actually something I've been talking about for uh, actually a long time, even before uh, this podcast, which I had mentioned it on this podcast as well. Nuclear fusion is the energy source that we should be investing in. Okay. Yes, nuclear is good, but that uses fission, which actually splits the atom apart. Um, and that creates uh, toxic waste, you know, nuclear materials, things like that. Nuclear fusion has essentially no waste. And what they do is they smash a bunch of atoms together and then they shoot a laser beam at it. And it starts to become this like self-sustaining thing. And I think that it takes like, I think they used like 21.1 kilojoules or something like that. That is the number. Um, And they were able to get 21.5 or 21.6 kilojoules of energy out of it. And this is the first time that they've ever been able to get more energy from it than they've put into it. Um, That's a big deal. And, you know, if they can somehow sustain that energy, it could be an almost limitless resource. Uh, As far as energy goes, um, they said, you know, once they harness uh, and be able to build reactors for this kind of thing, it uh, basically a tractor trailer size reactor could power like New York City, Um, one tractor trailer size reactor. So think of how much that would save us um, in energy. But at the same time, if they need some kind of mineral from the moon's surface, uh, well, the moon is actually responsible for the tides of oceans on the planet. And if you fuck up the moon, there's untold consequences that could happen on earth that people probably aren't even thinking about because like you said, nobody asks these fucking questions. Um, they, and you can't even study that. Like what if we start taking all this shit off the moon and it throws the moon out of orbit because we start reducing like the size of, of the moon and shit. So it ends up not being in the same orbit or whatever have you. Like, is that worth limitless energy on earth for a time? Maybe sure. Well, I, I think the idea, by the way, thank you for explaining that much better than I possibly could. Um, I, I think the idea is that helium three is you don't need a lot of it to do the thing they want to do. And that might be why, it's so valuable to get it off the moon's surface, but I don't know if it would like affect the mass of the moon. Yeah. Mm. Now, now until they find other uses for helium three. And then next thing you know, we're going to be making phones out of helium three. iPhone 37 is going to require helium three or some shit in some kind of carbonated, like carbonated form or carbon form. And then we're going to reduce the size of the moon by half. And (laughs) then we're all fucked. That's interesting, yeah. Um, and and we haven't it, even talked about the geopolitical complications of that because uh, China has right. the ability now to do this, right? And you know, SpaceX obviously can can do it. Um, it's not like we're without the ability to do it. Um, you know, I mean, shit, they just shot a uh, like a rocket into an asteroid to see if they could divert its path, and it did. Um, and it did. I mean, 
mission accomplished. They're doing amazing things with space and stuff right now. Um, and it really is like the final frontier, you know, um, even though it's, it's really not cause there's a lot of the ocean that's gone unexplored. Uh, but you know, I, I really like space. I think it's cool. Uh, you know, I think the fact that they could be terraforming Mars in the next like 30 years or something like that is pretty neat. Uh, sucks for the people who first get there. Um, for sure. They won't come but, back. I mean, if 30, 40 years ago, I don't think anybody could have imagined being able to take a space shuttle up to space for fun. Yeah. Now you can, if you're super rich, you can, but I mean, look at the shit that they're doing. They're, they're like launching satellites and shit for movies. Yeah. They're just launching shit up there. I mean, SpaceX keeps launching satellites in there to get, to bring people internet like throughout, throughout the entire world and shit. I mean, they're doing amazing things in space now. That's for sure. Yeah. Our buddy was able to play call of duty with us and uh, he was on the Starlink, the Starlink satellite previous guest, Matt, you know, uh, after the hurricane hit, like that's, that's amazing technology. And I think you you think you're right. Like 30 or 40 years ago, you wouldn't have thought about it because um, we kind of get in these, these weird, we look at our, the spans of our lifetimes and we see them as like, they're so gradual that you don't notice the big things. And then you think like, oh, well, we've reached the end of progress or like this is this is as far as it goes. And then these little things happen like, like a fusion experiment gone right. And you're like, oh, you really do notice the ramifications of that. And I think that's interesting to think about. But only, but you can only do it if you're willing to look at you know progress over time and and look at it that way if you look at it like a gradual thing then it's never going to be as um i don't know it it, it makes you think small i think i think eventually somebody's going to turn the moon into a death star and then i think we're all fucked well where we're heading right you know in star wars they said that's no moon and, and it wasn't a moon it was a death star so they but then there was the sequels where they did turn a planet into a death star so these are all po- plausible things in the star wars universe so we actually have we actually have seen uh old sci-fi tv shows and movies predict technology for the future so yeah um you're right so um we've been going for a little bit um and we we got to touch on a lot of technology this podcast, which I think is kind of neat. We didn't really do politics, which I think a lot of our listeners might be happy about. But um, do you have any like closing thoughts? Are you watching anything? What's going on? I'm not really watching a ton right now. Um, Jack Ryan is coming out December 21st. Uh, new season of Letter Kenny is coming out December 26th. Um, I think I'm going to watch Bones and All. Uh, I really want to see that. I liked uh, Timothy Chalamet, so I'm going to try and watch that, I believe. Um, but I got to say, I'm, I'm really, really excited, actually, for 2023 and the movies that are coming out in oh, 2023. Um, I don't necessarily know what's coming out in January, although I do believe that something is something good is coming out in January. But then February, for me, is... Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Then March is John Wick 4. Um, April is Evil Dead Rise. I mean, I might have like a movie a month that I might want to go see in theaters this this upcoming year. 
Yeah, and, uh, I'm going to add Oppenheimer to that pile. Like that seems cool. Oppenheimer um, definitely. He says he did a he says he did a nuclear blast without a real one, but he says he didn't fake it with CGI. He says he pulled it off. So I don't know. Can't wait to see it. It's um, Christopher Nolan. I mean, I, that wouldn't shock me. Our 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 greatest living director. I I say that knowing that Spielberg's alive, but I think Christopher Nolan's our greatest living director. Um, I do. You know, I think Tenet actually kind of got shit on a little bit um, because it was confusing. But if you go back and watch that movie a second time, a lot of it actually starts to make a lot more sense. And the more you watch it, the more sense that it actually makes. Um, and I think I think that's deliberate from Christopher Nolan, to be completely honest, is you have to watch his movies multiple times to catch some of the smaller things um, because there's too much like small shit in one scene for you to pick up on the first time. I mean, and there's like important parts of the plot that are like such small pieces of just like a scene in, in his movies that, I mean, he's, he's really good, man. I I can't complain. I I love a lot of his movies. Yeah. And I, I mean, I agree with you. His movies all require like multiple views. And like, I think that's why I, I think Dunkirk is probably my favorite movie of the past 20 years is just because Dunkirk, every time I watched it, I, I peeled back another layer and I saw something in it. Um, I, I also want to say that I have a movie of the year. Um, unless like avatar two is like the best movie ever or something. And, um, from what everything I've seen this year, I can definitively say that my favorite movie of the year is Pearl. I did not expect to love that movie the way I did. It's the prequel to X, which is like a horror movie. And you, you don't need to watch one to have uh, to watch the other. But I thought Pearl was just so goddamn good. And Mia, or not Mia, uh, Mia Goth, not Mia Wachowski, Mia Goth uh, in that movie. Like if there was any justice in the world, she would be nominated for an Oscar. She's incredible in that movie. I, I haven't watched that yet. It. I'll have, yeah, I'll have to definitely go and, and watch that one. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I watched The Invitation, which I I know you ended up watching. I believe Is that the vampire one. Um, yeah, that spoiler so alert. Jeez, I thought it was actually not bad for the first like forty five minutes, and then once they kind of make the big reveal that they're vampires, you're like, oh come on, like. He could have done something so much better than that. Um, so I thought that was it was okay. Um, I'm trying to think what else did I watch? <clears throat> there was a movie I watched that I actually forgot to mention on this podcast, and I don't remember what the name of it was now. Um, it, it was about these two girls who climb a, a tower in the middle oh, of the desert. The fall, it, the fall that was probably the dumbest movie I've seen in so long i know i overhype everything i don't want to sound like i'm overhyping this that movie was so stupid i could not believe how stupid it was well movies that have a single setting like that um like the reef or whatever like with the sharks or like and the girl surfers or whatever um like any kind of movie that has a singular setting where you can't really move and you can't do anything, you better have damn compelling actors and actresses and characters. And that's never really the case with those. Yeah. There was that movie. Um, I think we talked about it recently, actually it was the Cloverfield sequel where it took place in a bunker with John Goodman and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. 
Yeah. Uh, that, that's 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, that's a movie where it takes place in one space, but it does it right. So yeah, because you have compelling characters. And at least in 10 Cloverfield Lane, they were kind of building off of what they did in Cloverfield, even though they're technically separate movies. Um, you had some kind of like expectation that something definitely was indeed going on. So uh, you had a little bit of an expectation there. But I mean, John Goodman is just unbelievable i mean his acting chops are actually really really good i mean i, I don't think anybody heard, really saw that coming yeah yeah you're right i heard that john goodman doesn't really do much research and he doesn't really uh he's at his age now he doesn't really do much i guess he just shows up on the job but he executes and i thought that was really interesting because he is amazing in that movie but when I heard that he just kind of shows up and, and just does the job, I, I it's like, wow, he maybe he's like one of the best living actors. I don't know. Well, I know he was in Red State, which is a Kevin Smith movie, and I've talked about this to you numerous times. I, I absolutely love that movie, but you can't stream it like anywhere, and I, I don't understand why. Like, I just want to be able to watch it. I can't even buy it on Amazon, like on, on the app, like to stream. And apparently they're going to make a second one. They talked to John Goodman and asked him if he'd be willing to do another one. And he was like, yeah, I'll make as many of these as you want. Yeah. And so like, he's like, it's weird. He's like, his acting style just seems really interesting to me. Um, And yeah, I actually encounter that problem all the time. The one that you're describing, because um, I go on Amazon and I can't find a lot of stuff and you also can't buy it. Um, I actually have to buy a lot of stuff from Korea. I recently bought this movie called Shadows of Forgotten Ancestors, which is like this famous Ukrainian slash Russian film that um, you pretty much can't find it anywhere. You have to buy it on eBay from somebody who imports them from Korea. So uh, that happens a lot. Interesting. But, um, yeah. All right. Well, um, I think we talked about the talk. Uh I think we'll bid our listeners adieu. Until next time. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.